Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, May 8th, we have Lesson 6, Abraham Seed. This week we also have with us an honored guest, junior standout theology student, Kayla Goodman. Together, let's see how we as a chosen generation are called to represent Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. And together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast once again, and this is Abraham's Seed. And our memory text this week comes from 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Uh, This is, I believe, the New King James Version. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What a beautiful Bible promise. It just, truly is. We keep going through the covenants. And um, before we go too far, I just want to interject. And we have a special guest today, uh, Kayla, um, who is one of our junior theology students here. Um, Kayla, just tell us who you are real quick for our audience. Hi, my name is Kayla Goodman, and like Dr. Campbell here said, I am a junior theology student here at Southwestern, originally from Florida, and excited to be a guest today. Oh, well, Michael, you, you left out something. She's one of our junior star theology students. Oh, dear. She just recently won Theology Student of the Year. Yes, we're very proud of her. Usually we give that to a senior, but she deserves it as a junior. So that's very, very high marks for yeah, her. Yeah, we've sensed God's calling in your life and just you've been outstanding in the classroom. So we're just excited to, that you're here at SWAU, but also uh, hang out with us for this podcast. Yeah, amen. Uh, and, you know, goes right along with this text, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We, as a church, believe in the priesthood of all believers. We sure do. Correct? Mm-hmm. So, Kayla, this comment's not meant towards you, but Sunday's lesson is above all people, right? So this is meant for Christ, right? But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael, could you lead us there on Sunday's lesson? Because you are one of our top theology students, though. Just know that. Yeah, we're proud of you. Um, above all people, yeah, is uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. Let's just read this and recap here. Uh, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And, you know, one of the things is what we're seeing again and again with covenant, this idea um, going back throughout all salvation history is God has a covenant with his people. So here is ancient Israel. They've been entrusted with a sacred responsibility, a sacred message to share that um, with the world. This is a message of salvation history. And um, and right along with that is a text, uh, Ezekiel 16, verse 8. Uh, Kayla, I'm going to put you on the spot. Why don't you read, for that? Uh, read that for us here in just a minute? But it's asking the question, um, how does this verse explain the Lord's choosing of Israel? Why, why did God do that? So um, share with us when you're ready, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8. Okay, it reads, When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so 
here's this relational aspect to God's covenant. It didn't make them like better than anybody else, right? I mean, it was right. it was just a matter of its its relationship, and so they this was God's people. These were His homies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I put here as, as a note here is like this is uh, going all the way back to the garden. What what God wanted there, right? This yeah. relationship mm-hmm. that He had with Adam and Eve before the fall. Yeah. He still craves it with us today. Mm-hmm. He wants a pre-fall relationship with uh, with mankind. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and, and I just want to come back, you know, we've talked about the covenant. It's not meant to be exclusive. I think this has always been one of the dangers of mm. religion, formal religion that we've talked about is, is, is keeping it to oneself and not actually sharing what it is that, that, that God has entrusted to them. So it wasn't meant to be exclusive. Hey, look at me, Ouch. you know, um, but rather if you really experience that relationship, you want others to experience it too. Or even look at us. I know this yeah. past weekend, Michael, Ooh, we had a mercy. very powerful national yeah. uh, 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 conference. Mm-hmm. So excuse me, the, the name slips uh, slips my mind. What's it called? Oh, the, the Christian Nationalism. Yes, the Christian and Nationalism. And Prophecy yes, Conference. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, as it's going through it, and even yeah. your comment just just here recently, yeah. uh, national spiritual pride was one of the Ooh. biggest sins of the wow. Jewish nation. Yeah. Uh, national spiritual pride is yeah. one of the falls of the Adventist church sometimes. Well, you're, you're right. And, and, that, and by the way, if anyone's interested in just checking that out, we've got the whole conference on the NAD Ministerial Facebook page. Just yes. go there, listen to it. Uh, but the problem with ancient Israel is the same problem as today is what you're pointing out, uh, Buster, is they confuse their national identity with their faith with their mm. and, and, and all we were trying to do in this conference is just get to the point where i'm um, just reminding people that faith should transform our politics and not our politics transforming our faith um yeah it's a problem for ancient israel and i dare say we sometimes have challenges confusing the two as well so um, we better get to the land deal, Buster. Tell, yeah, tell us out here with the land deal. We're going to, go, going to go to the land deal. And we see here, Genesis 35, 12, that God promises land. Uh, I'm going to have Kayla, once again, she's going to read for us Deuteronomy 28, uh, verses 1, and also verse 15. <clears throat> and ask a question here coming up. But in this land that God promised, this is a prophecy coming up, right? It's no nowhere near happening. He's basically saying, hey, you're going to go in captivity, right? But you're going to get out of there and eventually you're going to possess this land. I'm going, I just finished over the last possession basically of the land as I'm going through the book of first Samuel right now. And it's just interesting seeing that this promise, this prophecy comes well before and it came to fruition exactly how God said it would happen. We have to trust God with his prophecies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with that being said, Kayla, can you read for us Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 15? Absolutely. Verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And verse 15 reads, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You know, God is indeed love, right? Yeah. But uh, his love also, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't coincide with the conditions that he has on his blessings. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think that it's unconditional blessings. No, it's unconditional love. Yeah. His blessings oftentimes have conditions on them. 
if you obey, I will bless you. If you do not, he talks about a curse that comes in. And I know sometimes we hate hearing that on one side or the other, but it's the same thing as parenting. He loves us as, this is why I call him Heavenly Father, right? And a loving parent will actually chastise or discipline their child Mm. to teach them the better way, the correct way. But it's always done with God in love because he loves us. This is why he gives them this conditional blessing. And it was their choice. And obviously, sometimes they made the right choice. Sometimes they made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, time and time again, the Bible goes through it. I was about to go through an example. Well, I will. First Samuel chapter 7, uh, Samuel calls the people, says, stop worshiping uh, the gods of the foreign lands and everything else. The Philistines still stop destroying us. Yeah. And so right then and there, they went to the well and they poured out water. It was like they were pouring out their hearts before mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. As a result of that, the Philistines saw them worshiping and started attacking them. And immediately as they confessed their sins and burnt the offerings towards God, it sent, he sent out a thunder and discombobulated them. Mm. And they chased them all the way back and they did not bother them for a very long time because God's blessings once again has conditions upon them. I love it. Um, Revelation uh, three nineteen. Or the words came to my mind: "Those who I love, I chasten." You know, mm. and and so it's not because um, we want to see bad things happen or punishment or consequences, but it's precisely because of that. It's that love that that we have for for uh, those around us. Can I add something here? Please, please. I think one thing that's important to note is with relationship comes a form of responsibility as well. Mm -hmm. So with that love, sure, like that love is unconditional, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be responsibility of how to go out from there. And you're not just if you pour into someone with love, like you, you want something in return. You don't expect it necessarily. But as you pour out blessing Mm -hmm. that like Pastor Swoops was saying, there is conditions sometimes of like. You need to be able to have that responsibility in the relationship to continue that relationship and to foster it so it can grow. Yeah, I think you mentioned this word earlier, Kayla. Uh, And for those of you who didn't know why she's one of our star students, now you see why, right? Exactly. Uh, But she mentioned this word boundaries. Mm. God has boundaries, right? And we need to have boundaries with ourselves. And as a result of our relationship, those boundaries come across. And this is a boundary that God has. Don't worship other gods. Don't do these other things because... You belong to me, and I want to belong to you, right? Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so I appreciate you bringing that up. So, Michael, with that uh, being said, tell us a little bit about Tuesday's lesson, Israel and the Covenant. Yeah, you know, it's funny you guys both bring this up because it's all about uh, boundaries here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First of all, you have Jeremiah 11, verse 8. uh, It says, um, Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear. So you have Israel later on, you know, and and they're just not paying attention. They're listening to God's boundaries and there's um, some consequences. Yeah, there are. um, And it's kind of tragic, right? I mean, they go off into exile and and everything else. Um, And the other passage that's kind of mentioned here is Genesis chapter six, verse five, um, talks about the pre-flood. Um, basically all this wickedness. I mean, mm. I, I don't have to read that whole passage, but I'm sure, you know, you get the idea that, um, and, and God has to destroy the earth. There's the flood, right? And and so all of this takes place. And uh, yeah, so um, unfortunately there's there's moments. And, and that's the amazing thing about scripture is that um, it records for us not only like all the good things, uh, but it records, unfortunately, some of the failures, some of the tragedies that happen uh, along the way. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of brings us to a very interesting concept here 
um, that seems rather unique in Adventist uh, theology. <laughs> the remnant. <laughs> what are, what's going on? You know, uh, I, this word sometimes scares people. Sometimes scares it, me. Sometimes, <laughs> but you know, the problem is sometimes it emboldens people. True. Sometimes national spiritual pride comes up with this, the usage of this word. So, uh, wow. I mean, so if we kind of like think we're better than others just because we're the remnant, maybe. Oh. All right, so okay. we're, we're going right. to talk about this because I think it's very important. So I'm going to have all three of us read if that's okay. okay. Uh, so, Kayla, if you read Isaiah 4, verse 3. Uh, uh, Michael, if you read for us Micah 6, uh, 4, verse 6 and 7. And then I'm going to go ahead and read Zephaniah 3, 12 to 13. All right, Isaiah 4, verse 3 says, And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. All right. So everyone who is left, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we see the remnants, right? Okay, go ahead, uh, Michael. Same thing going on in Micah 4, 6, and 7. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather the outcasts, even those whom I have afflicted. And I will make the lame a remnant and the outcasts a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on and forever. Mm, okay. And then uh, continue with the same thing. This is a contemporary English version. But I, the Lord, won't destroy any of your people who are truly humble and turn to me for safety. The people of Israel who survive will live right and refuse to tell lies. They will eat and rest for nothing to fear. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, so you know what, what I love about this, though? Yeah. It's putting this remnant in the future. Yeah. So it's saying I, I'm speaking about a people... Mm-hmm. But just because I'm speaking about a people, it doesn't mean you're a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so part of the 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 the, the spiritual pride that we have sometimes yeah. is we call the Adventist Church remnant church. And Michael, mm-hmm. before you throw anything at me, say it's heresy. What what I ma- don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what what makes the Adventist Church so special is that we have a remnant message, Ooh. but we do not yet know who the remnant people are. And but what makes us important is our purpose, our calling, not who we are. Because I'm Seventh Day Adventist, it does not make me special. Yeah. The message that God has given us, which is the three angels' message, cu- coupled with the Great Commission, right? Yeah. These these two messages together, the remnant message is yeah. being propelled, is being pushed forth. But there's no pride in it. The pride and the glory all goes to Jesus Christ. It goes to God. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. So in other words, before you start thinking you're special and thinking that Jesus Christ died to save the Adventist church, he died to save his lambs, the ones who follow him wherever he goes, wow. which I'm sorry, a part of different denominations. Yeah. Now, Martin Luther, he was Adventist though, right? Well, he was looking for Christ to coming. Okay, right. Okay. Well, uh, 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 Zwingli, I, I can go through the reformers, yeah. but these were non-Sabbath keepers. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah. Yet God used them powerfully. And the reason why I say this, I'm pushing the minds of the readers or, or the listeners this morning mm-hmm. saying, allow God to work, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and stop pushing your own agendas and ideas upon people yeah. and recognize the message and purpose God has called you with. Yeah. And the relationship you have with him, this is what he's called you to not being emboldened, sitting in a pew, thinking that you're more special than someone else because you belong to a certain denomination. Well, it's interesting. I was just chatting with somebody the, that they believe that they were the part of that last generation. I said, well, we don't really know yet. I mean, and that should give us pause for a little sense of humility. I hope yeah. to be part of the last generation. I, I do too. But um, God calls us to be faithful. 
Yes. Thank you. You're about to say I, something. I was going to say actually something that Swoops talked about either last week or the week before in class about Uh-oh. how um, he will never call himself an expert in preaching because once mm. he calls himself an expert, he feels like he doesn't have to learn more or grow mm. more. And I think that's one important thing to think about the remnant message is if we as Adventists call mm. ourselves the remnant church, we're going to feel as though, oh, we got it all. We don't need to learn more. We don't oh, need to grow more. Yeah, yeah, but taking yeah. it as we want to be part of that last generation, we yeah. want to be part of those people, but we have the remnant message. Mm-hmm. So it's the message that's trans transforming us it's not us Mm -hmm. who are transforming you know it's like we're being transformed by the message Mm -hmm. but it's not due to us as the people and so i think that's really important to note and just highlight of we're not experts in this yet we need to continually submit to god and continue to learn and Mm -hmm. he has the ability to continue to form the remnant message and we can just pray that we can be along for the journey Mm -hmm. you know i have an elder who last week told me Uh, I shared this message and he said, you know, I remember being five years old and hearing a message. My dad was a pastor. He's sitting on the podium and his conference president got up before us all at camp meeting and says, how many of us believe that Jesus is coming back in the next five years? Yeah. I yeah. believe it's going to happen because we are the remnant church. He went on this, this, and the, this person sat there. He's like, man, Jesus is coming back in five years. I'll only be 10. And he says his 10th birthday came and he said he was so disappointed when he turned 11. Because wow. he thought for sure, like this, he's yeah. like, he's like, the camp meeting was on fire. We're going to usher in the soon coming. Mm-hmm. Michael, you and I know some very sad stories of some pastors who have opted out of Social Security and thought because Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime, they didn't have to save up for retirement. And they don't have any retirement left over because they've thought for sure that they were the last generation. Mm-hmm. Listen, I believe Jesus is coming back. I believe it's coming back soon. But I know that soon to me and God can be mean two very different things. And so my calling is to do what he has called me to do yeah. for as long as I have breath in my lungs, right? Yeah. And when he comes back, I'll leave that up to him. I'll continue warning the people and telling us to live each day as if it's our last. Yeah. But to predict the time he's going to come, even with the signs of times as the way they are, it can get worse. I know sometimes like, can it get worse? Coronavirus, the mark of the beast, everything else. Yeah. It can get worse. It will get worse. Mm-hmm. And then it can also get better, right? And I'm, I'm speaking not here biblically. I'm speaking here yeah. just politically, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But when Jesus comes back, Jesus will come back to the clouds of glory. Amen. May we all be ready. Amen. You know, it's interesting. Uh, this week, there's a big conference going on at Friedensau. That's our Adventist University yes. in Germany. So mm-hmm. let me uh, shout out to my friends at Friedensau that organized the conference. But it was looking a lot at the apocalyptic, the end time events, all these kinds of things. And some of the things we're talking about here in this lesson. But um, I wasn't able to catch all the presentations because I was teaching, but, but caught some of them. But it was interesting how um, there's uh, quite a few people that really get hung up on on this last generation theology and several presentations about that where people are really focused and what they're doing is they're trying to make themselves perfect enough so that Christ can come rather than actually trusting in Christ. And one of the presentations highlighted several Adventist fictional books, I think Project uh, Sunlight, a couple of those yeah. that I remember reading as a kid, you know, yeah. and, and and what it reminded me is, is some of those narratives are very fear-based. It's, you yeah. know, how can I survive? It's all about me yeah. rather than being about Jesus. And and there's going to be tribulation. That's what this lesson's talking about. There's consequences and stuff like that. God isn't like that. But there's going to be this remnant at the end of time that are so in love with Jesus that they just fully trust in him. Amen. And he carries them through all those end time events and everything that happens. Our job is only to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, Michael, that actually brings us to this because the remnant just doesn't belong to people. It belongs to spiritual Israel. What mm-hmm. is spiritual Israel? Wow. Well, you know, this is kind of what we've been 
talking about here, this, this whole lesson, um, this idea that ancient Israel had identified themselves as a ethnic group, the Jews. Um, and then you get to uh, the New Testament where um, you have the early Christian church. And one of the great challenges was how would they begin to relate when the Gentiles, these <laughs> outsiders, uh, begin to actually come into the church. And, and actually it becomes a big deal because Jerusalem eventually is destroyed, AD 70, and, and it's kind of wiped out. Diaspora, right? Yeah, so they, yeah. they have to scatter. And, and pretty soon before you know it, there's more non-Jews or Gentiles than there are actually Jews. And this starts to create... Um, these sort of uh, tensions, ethnic tensions, um, as well as otherwise theological tensions uh, within the early uh, Christian church. And so Galatians 3 uh, verses 26 to um, 29, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, having clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. That's what we're talking about here. No no Jew or Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm. And if you belong in Christ, or to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In other words, God's word saying is um, spiritual Israel is where it's at. Spiritual Israel is where it's at. And, and you know, un unfortunately, um, we tend to... Uh, especially when we keep our eyes off of Jesus, we tend to begin to impose or superimpose upon our faith all of these different kinds of barriers. Um, Let's it, go. It's a, it, it, we're still dealing with this. Okay, yeah. yes, yes we yeah. are. Right? I mean, aren't we? I mean, yes. in this country, in the church, we are we are still struggling. Um, and, and how do we move past that? And, <laughs> and, and this is where Galatians is kind of trying to get our vision for the early Christian church and for God's remnant, whoever they are, at the end of time. Amen. To remind us Amen. that we need to be headed in the right direction. If we're focused on Jesus, These we should be working actively to break down these barriers. So, yeah. so Michael, listen here. I, I have to say this. We didn't plan this, right? Yeah. I, I've studied this lesson ahead yeah. of time. Uh, we're not pushing any agenda with Kaylee here. We're just affirming yeah. that yeah. Uh, calling God has placed upon her life, right? Yeah. But uh, I was talking to a student about this, and mm -hmm. they have a very strong uh, stance against women in ministry. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. I said, well, let's talk. Yeah. How important was circumcision to the Jewish people? Yeah. It was a covenant. True. Right? Yeah. How did they get rid of the covenant? Yeah. Or I just say get rid of the covenant. How did right. they... How, what happened? Acts chapter 15, mm -hmm. they take a vote. <laughs> Uh, and they say, yep, uh, there's only two things that they have to do from now on. Tell them not to eat anything that's been offered to idols. And uh, they said that they should not be strangled with, uh, or that uh, that blood is still not in it. And they must not commit any terrible sexual sins. Mm. Those are only two requirements. Yeah. So no longer did they have to be circumcised. And so you see a biblical progression that happens that takes place. And it's been with our church from, from then on, right? Yeah. Uh, we have a stance that there is no alcohol that should be taken. That's not the to the other biblical stance, but we've taken the biblical progression by mm -hmm. saying this is our stance, and we've gone on and saying we affirm women in ministry, and so now we're arguing yeah. about yeah. women's ordination. But I told them we've if you if you look at that, we've already compromised, right? Yeah. As a church, because we've already said women can be pastors, women can be elders. Yeah. 
And so therefore, let's move forward with the biblical progression that God has placed within our church, because I believe God is with our church. And so we're continuing on with biblical progression and also uh, emboldening those people that God has called. By the way, he has not called every woman into uh, pastoral ministry. He's not called every man into pastoral ministry. But those whom he has called, he is calling, right? And so let's move forward with it. Yeah, and I I just really appreciate that reminder because, uh, again, we, we need to make sure we don't put on blinders and if God is calling all all in all ordination is anyways it's just a recognition of God's calling in one's life but but as a church that should never for a moment stop the fact that uh, as a denomination we strongly affirm women in ministry and I just Absolutely. can't I can't and and I think one of the challenges is um and you know people have preconceived ideas and they just don't know no, they, they just don't. don't know. And so when they actually see um, God actually working in amazing ways, I was a missionary in Asia. And so, <laughs> you know, traveling through China, most of the church is made up of women going through Mongolia. Again, uh, most of the pastors are all women. And you see how God is blessing in profound ways and say, how can you not say, what has God done? You Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Kayla, do you, ha- you have anything to add? I mean, I would just say I'm thankful for very supportive professors who constantly reaffirm me and also just the people who help make a way because I'm not here to say that I demand this or I demand that, but rather I'm here to serve and I'm grateful for people I can serve alongside and just to be a part of this and just reading this scripture. It's just a reminder to me that like, even with the pushback I may or may not receive, it's like God's still like, you're here for a purpose and you're here for a reason. Amen. Wow. Love it. Love it. Well, you know, um, I'm so glad that God hasn't given up on me, you know, yes. and, Same here. And, and that I think the posture or what the takeaway is, is with spiritual Israel is we need to make sure that we don't so identify ourselves as having arrived, but taking that posture um, of, of constant, constantly learning of humility, of, of growing. Um, and, and I think, again, um, my worry isn't, you know, am I part of the remnant? Yeah. My <laughs> worry is I want to stay connected to Christ and, and as long as I'm connected with Christ at that time when he does come, and I believe he's coming soon, then um, whether I am or not is irrespective. Is I, I just want to be faithful to Christ where I am each day. Amen. So. Amen. You know, uh, Michael, I, I have to end with this. It's uh, Revelation 14.4 uh, talking mm-hmm. about the true remnant, the 144,000, right? But it says all these were pure virgins, meaning that they, they weren't corrupt, but they follow the lamb wherever he leads and they have been rescued to be presented to God, uh, to God and the lamb as the most precious people on earth. But the most important thing is that they follow the lamb wherever he leads. I love that. We have I to follow. Yeah. We have, we have to continue to follow Jesus wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. You know, may we, may we be with him. Love it. All right. Well, I think that puts a wrap for this week. We've got uh, Goodman and soup and swoops. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. There we go. All right. Well, I guess this is, uh, we'll do it backwards this time. This is Swoops and Soup signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. 
You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.